0: Submit the chapter inquiry form on our website, parentsrightsined.org. Hey everybody, it's Suzanne Gallagher and I'm here today with Jennifer heine With is our fearless leader in Southwest Washington and we are so proud of her. Wow, it's been a year of campaigning, so I know you're exhausted. I'm going to try and help you out with this conversation. <laughs> Oh, uh, so we met and your group said, hey, can we, can we join Parents Rights in Education? Can we use your logo? Can we take on your umbrella? And we paused that for a little bit while we got ourselves organized. And then we said, all right, we're ready. And you came in just about a year ago. And it has been one incredible ride ever since then. You guys have been working your tails off. Um, you have built up your Facebook group uh, from
1: What 25 or 30 people or something like that up to what 1500. I think we're at 1600 now. You're at 1600. Amazing. Amazing.
0: Especially during these times when Facebook is up and down and censoring and all over the map. Uh, for you to build your group up to that is great. You've also been networking with others in the state, which is wonderful as well. And oh my gosh, Jennifer, you've been on radio. You've been on the Todd Herman show. You were on the, uh, let's see, League of Women's Voters. You were on a panel. You have gone through the fire, I would say. So it really started out with that event that took place, a couple events that took place at the Capitol. So tell us a little bit about that and then we'll work through it chronologically because I think people are really interested in knowing what you've been through.
1: (laughs) Well, um, you know, before the Capitol, it started with our local school district wanting to install comprehensive sexual education into the high school. And uh, we were successful in fighting that off for a couple of years. When that happened, the superintendent for Washington State came down and visited our school district. And it's kind of my conspiracy theory that that's about the time he decided he needed to go and lobby our representatives and senators for a law mandating comprehensive sexual education throughout all Washington state schools, starting in kindergarten. Wow,
0: let me stop you right there. So you're saying that he came to observe what you were doing in your school district, which was to have a say as parents about what is taught to your children in um, what we call comprehensive sexuality education. How should that look in your school? And at that time you did have more say or more power than you do right now. So he saw you and and your uh, organizing basically as a threat.
1: Yeah, Yeah, um, I think he came down here because the first time that the school board was to vote on implementing comprehensive sexual education, we with just two weeks, we were able to round up around 250 people who came to the school board meeting to testify against CSE and tell the board no. Well, the board saw all the people that were there against CSE and they decided to table that, uh, that vote. And so in essence, the school district entering into the next year did not have a new CSE curriculum and they had to piece together a curriculum based on what they had taught the previous year. So during that next year, after that first time we rejected it, the superintendent of Washington State made a trip down here to southern southern Washington to meet with members of the um, education committee for the school district to find out why in the world they couldn't get CSE voted on and implemented into our schools. When it had been implemented into school districts around us, why in the world wasn't it successful in our district? It was after that we heard that he was lobbying the senators and representatives to draft a bill mandating cse in all schools public schools in washington state starting in kindergarten and it was the next legislative year this bill senate bill 5395 was brought before the legislators so that uh, first year that it was brought forward we went up and testified in front of the house education committee testified against this bill. We were so strong. We had five rooms filled with people who were there to testify against this bill.
0: So literally thousands of, of concerned citizens, including parents and some children, I understand, were on hand in the Capitol to show that they were in opposition.
1: Yes, so that time we had hundreds of people there, but we also brought with us thousands of letters from people from all parts of the state that we turned into the House Education Committee, telling them that we do not approve of mandated CSE in our schools and to not put this bill forward, to not pass it. The head of the House Education Committee, after seeing this response, tabled it for that year and Mm. set it aside. We were successful that legislative year. So
0: you felt really good about it, that, wow, your citizen activism was working. You were able to cause them to pause.
1: Yes, we felt Uh really good about it, and we felt like this, this works. Our legislators um, are listening to us, and you know that the representative, who is the head of the House Education Committee, she is a Democrat and is also supportive of mandated comprehensive sexual ed, but she decided to set it aside and table it for that year, but they came back the next year. And what they did was both the House and the Senate side produced bills mandating comprehensive sexual education. What ultimately happened is they combined those bills. And again, when it came before the House Education Committee, we had over 700 people up there to testify against it compared to less than a hundred who came forward to testify for the bill. Okay. But the head of the House Education Committee, she only allowed 45 minutes for testimony. We didn't get a proper amount of time really to testify against this bill. But you know, along with this, there were also calls into the legislators' hotline. Those calls against mandated CSE were 21,668 calls against, compared to 191 calls for. 21,000, let's
0: start (laughs) 21,000 to 120 or something. Yes. Oh, okay. So you see what's happening here? This is about the strong arm of government. And we talked earlier, Jennifer, about the fact that a lot of parents think that school has nothing to do with politics, that public schools are somehow separate from politics but I can't think of anything that is more political. I would say that K 12 public education is one of the most volatile and dangerous uh, political issues that, that we're experiencing right now. After all of this effort, let's take it to the next step. Then you, you got together with your group and there were other groups in the state and they said, okay, because it was passed and the governor did sign it and they really drug you through the mud, basically. They made you, they gave you this hope that you were gonna be able to have testimony that if you got 3000, weren't there 3000 families, 3000 individuals that went to the Capitol and lobbied, basically tried to show that this, this, you know, please don't do this to us. All right, we care as parents. And then they went ahead and voted it, voted it in, and it was signed by the governor on the day that the state was shut down. Yeah, so
1: what happened there was um, our legislators passed the bill. Then it went to the governor's desk to be signed. We learned of the day that our governor was to sign it into law four days before So with those four days, we were able to get 3,000 people to the Capitol on the day he was to sign it to tell him to veto it. Hmm. We had kids up there who went into his office offering him white flowers as a symbol of their innocence and wanting to keep that innocence. So the governor decided not to sign the bill that day. He waited a week or so when we were all locked in our houses to sign, quietly sign the bill.
0: Yeah, you will never forget these details because each one of the steps, you had hope, you had the facts behind you, you did everything you and, 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 and your fellow volunteers and the other organizations who are also working in coalition with you, you did it right. And yet the representatives in state government who have more control over what your children are learning than you do, apparently, they are fighting for that control. They are flexing their control muscles Okay, against you, knowing perfectly well, this is not uh, what, what parents want, and they threw you one bone, and I want, want to bring this out, because it's the one that, that, that they do in every state legislature, and what is that bone that they threw you? What concession did they give?
1: Well, they, uh, they told us that parents could still opt out. Oh, opt out,
0: oh yes, that would be true, uh-huh, yeah opt out <laughs> okay so we we've known that from day one and and it actually already is in place yes. in most in most schools and you could oh you could always oh
1: well mrs honey with you you could just
0: opt out
1: right sure okay. yeah we sure could, we could opt out you know when we were in olympia testifying There were two girls that were there who testified about what happened in their middle school when the 3R's curriculum was introduced. And they said, you know, after that happened, in the hallways between classes, they were getting, well, sexually harassed by boys who had just come out of the sex ed class. In those classes, they had been given the language to verbally abuse them and uh, talking sexually and lewd to them and this was happening between class they didn't have that language before but they certainly did after going through the three R's curriculum this is what
0: a lot of people who don't have kids in the public school system realize these courses are taught to mix classes they throw everybody in together And even if you do opt out, all the rest of your peers have been taught this content. Even if your child was not in the class, they will experience the repercussion.
1: One of the goals of CSE is to uh, teach young people to be comfortable having conversations about sexual issues. And the justification is, if they are comfortable talking about sex, then they are comfortable using negotiation skills, refusal skills, talking about condoms, birth control. But what educators have failed to realize is these are kids. They have the maturity level of kid, hormonal boys and girls, and they have been given very adult language. Mm -hmm. And been given permission to use this language to talk freely with each other. And, you know, I don't want to stereotype just boys because I'm sure there's girls who get this language too and, and use it. In this instance, it was the boys who had been given this language and permission to talk freely about sexual issues. And they were using it to intimidate and harass the girls. Is this harassment? Or is this just discussing lessons and material that were learned in class?
0: We've been having a discussion today with Jennifer Heine Withey, Director of Parents' Rights and Education in Southwest Washington. We'll pick this up again next time. I'm Suzanne Gallagher, and this is Parents' Rights Now. Parents' Rights in Education is a tax deductible, nonprofit organization. We rely solely on your contributions. Help stop sexualization of our students in public schools. Together, we can do this. Please forward this to your friends. Do you know any parents who don't have any time to read lengthy emails? That's what the podcast is for. You have complete control over your access to this information, and you can share it. Share, share, share. Please send it to your friends and invite them to subscribe to Parents' Rights Now. Don't forget to register for the Northwest Safe Schools Summit featuring Walt Heyer, Heidi St. John, Bernadette Broyles Esquire, and Rebecca Friedrichs. Check out events on our website. See you next time to learn more about Parents' Rights Now.